Hello, and welcome to the Self Project Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Martin, and I am a life transformation and mindset coach who supports others on their life journey. This show is all about rediscovering and reinventing who we are from wellness, healing, spirituality, empowerment, self-discovery, sobriety, parenting, mental health, energy, intuition, and so much more. There are so many good things here for you. So thank you for joining us today for your own self-project journey. I want to welcome to the show today, Krista Gowan, and she is a certified TRE provider and yoga instructor, as well as a mother. Her coaching practice helps to empower other mothers on a journey of healing trauma and doing deeply transformational personal development work. She's a natural teacher and she works to educate, support, and inspire people who are ready for radical change in their lives with methods that deliver results. And Krista, I just have to tell you, thank you so, so much for being here today. And do you mind just kind of sharing more about yourself and more of your, um, just more of your story with us? Sure. Well, thank you, Christy. I'm excited to be here. So my story starts several years ago. I had been diagnosed with celiac disease, which is an autoimmune condition. And I bring that up because it's going to factor into the story here. Um, And I had been sick for a really long time. And it took me a while, like a lot of people with this, to get a diagnosis. And I sort of just assumed that it was stress and that was it and nothing more. And I sort of set it aside and kind of kept going. And then I got to a point where I became physically ill enough that I realized I needed to go and actually get help. Right. But it took me getting physically sick before I actually sort of acknowledged that there was something quote unquote wrong with me. Right. And, and needed help. So I went to the doctor, I did the testing, I got this diagnosis formally And then with the diagnosis comes a whole series of changes that you need to make in your life in order to rectify the symptoms. And I did that and I still wasn't getting better. So I got better to a certain point, but I still had symptoms that were really interrupting my life and I still just didn't feel very good. Right. And so this was months of this and I had this epiphany realization moment one day where, so let me back up for a second. The way that my brain works is I'm always looking for a root cause of why, right? I was that kid in second grade who the teacher said, stop raising your hand, no more questions from you. Like that's just my brain. I just am a questioner to the core. And so with this diagnosis of autoimmune disease, my brain started thinking, well, what does that mean? And so I had this day, it was, it was at the end of the day, I was washing my face and I was thinking about this and this idea of what the word autoimmune means, right? And it's your body attacking itself. So there's something in your immune system that's gotten signaling that's gone haywire to start attacking parts of yourself. In celiac disease, one of the things that attacks is your gut lining, or not your gut lining, but your intestinal lining, right? And so I started thinking, well, why would my body attack me? Why would my body start thinking that I was the enemy? 
And then it hit me. And the only way that I can describe how it hit me was exactly like you see in the movies as one of those like drop to your knees, come to Jesus, like instant hot tears running down my face. And I had this, what I call awakening to love moment where I realized that my body was actually doing exactly what it was supposed to do because I was sending it signals of subconscious self-hatred. And I had been bathing my body and my cells in this messaging for years and years and years of my life. And when that hit me and I realized that that was the, the dialogue that I was having with my body, I was saying to it, I am the enemy. And so then it listened and it did exactly what it's supposed to do. It attacked the enemy. And in my case, I had the genetic components for this to manifest as celiac disease. So that's how it arised for me. But what that meant was that this internal subconscious dialogue had so much power. And once I realized that and realized what was really happening in myself, it gave me an opportunity to start changing that programming, looking at where it was coming from, and starting to shift the messages that I provided for myself. And I'll tell you, I took gluten out of my diet and that made a difference, but it wasn't until I added love into my diet intentionally and purposefully that I really started to heal. And that's when my symptoms cleared. That's what set me on this longer arc of healing And realizing that I had other trauma in my life that I needed to deal with, right? It set me off on this path of self-discovery and self-awareness and and self-love and healing that I wouldn't be on and wouldn't have arrived in this place I'm at today otherwise. That is incredible. I actually had wrote down, I was going to ask you, like, how did you become aware of this, that you were, you know, having this self-hatred and self-sabotage, but you literally said that it was just like an epiphany, like it literally just kind of slammed you like a brick wall out of nowhere with that idea that, oh my God, I've, like you said, I've been swimming in this self-hatred for years and so it's just permeated me. That's, that's mind-blowing. So then what did you what did you start with then on your journey? So you realized this and you said you've been through a lot of things, but um, what were kind of your first steps after you realized this, that you were like, I need to do something. I need to make some changes. Where did you, where'd you kind of go first? Yeah. So really where I went first is starting to intentionally give myself met- messages of love. And, and the thing too, is that really once I became aware of this issue, that was like, the light that just shined on it to change everything, right? So I'm a big believer that alteration follows awareness and just the act of observing something changes it, right? Which we know is actually true. Like I've never actually put it together like this, but in saying that it's just like um, in, in quantum physics, right? Like we can't actually measure where parts of an atom are unless we go to look for them and then they appear. And so that aware our observation of them changes their behavior. And in that same way, our awareness and observation of ourself changes our own behavior, right? And so by doing that, that alone sort of set off this domino effect of starting to really bring those subconscious thoughts into conscious awareness so that I could start to notice when things would would arise in my mind and then say, where did that thought come from? 
why would I be thinking that? Why would I feel this way about myself? What would have led me to think that that messaging is true? And then to be able to augment those, right? And to to interrupt them and replace them with things that were actually what I wanted, which were these self-supporting, loving, caring, nurturing statements for myself. I started thinking about like, how would I want, how would I treat a friend who's experiencing this? How would I hold a loved one in my mind? How can I hold myself in my mind the way that I would hold a loved one, right? And as I started to reframe these things, in the same way that our thoughts have the power to destruct, they also have the power to heal. And just switching that messaging allowed my body to come back to this place that it wants to be at, which is of health and vibrancy, and allowed it to begin that healing process. Because I truly also believe that our bodies contain innate wisdom for healing. And when we can facilitate that and allow that magic to unfold, it does it all on its own. We don't have to do anything else other than allow it to be. I love that you touch on um, not only just kind of exploring your thoughts, it's about interrupting that pattern. Um, you know, I do a similar similar thing with myself, interrupting that pattern, exploring your thoughts. Why am I getting curious about it, getting inquisitive and then reframing? But I also love that you say, how would I treat a loved one? Because I, I find myself... Um, doing that with myself too. If I'm getting really self-critical, I think, is this how would I be? I would be approaching a friend and talking to like a friend or my husband or my children if they were dealing with this situation and I'm being really harsh with myself right now. So I think that that's a really great exercise to kind of put things in perspective too. Like, is this how you would talk to somebody else? Then why are you talking to yourself that way? So I would just kind of love to um, kind of talk about how you're helping others. You have um, your certified tension and trauma releasing exercise provider. So how do you incorporate that? I would love to just, I guess, learn a little bit more about that. Like, what do you, what exactly do you do? How does it benefit the body? Are you, how are you like releasing trauma? Yeah. So TRE, which like you said, is it's an acronym, it's tension and trauma releasing exercises. And so this is a set of physical exercises that are facilitated by someone like myself, a provider with the intention of setting the body up to be able to tap into a natural shaking mechanism in the body. And this shaking is something that all mammalian nervous systems are capable of. And it's one of the ways that we can complete a stress cycle. Okay. So we know of fight or flight, right? We've all heard that terminology before, and that's incredible. What happens though, is that if your nervous system gets activated into a place of fight or flight, which happens all the time in the modern world that we live in, if your bot that comes with a flood of survival hormones, Right. And those hormones, things like adrenaline and cortisol, are preparing the body to literally be able to do one of those two things, right? To fight or to flight and run away. They require a, a huge amount of energy, a surge and burst of energy. So your body prepares you for that, which is fantastic if you have a chance to then actually fight or flight. But the problem is most of us don't actually do that. And we still have that activation and surge, exactly that like that rush in our body. 
And so we need to do something to sort of discharge that from ourselves. And the body has a way that it can do that. It can do that through shaking. It's this natural mechanism that we have. And most of us become inhibited in doing that. We learn at a young age, we're sort of culturally conditioned to see shaking as a sign of weakness, as a sign of fear, as demonstrating vulnerability. And we stop ourselves from doing that. And the reality is it's actually a way to like regulate yourself, right? It's a self-regulation skill. And so what we can do in TRE, because most of us, let me, let me back up for a second, actually, is most of us are not actually completing stress cycles. So we're getting activated, but then we don't have good practice at deactivating ourselves. And so over time, what can happen is that that flood of survival hormones, again, bathing your body in that over and over and over and over again, starts to wreak havoc on your entire body and, and your whole system, mind, body, and spirit, the whole thing, right? And it can start to lead to some detrimental things like physical pain, but also mental things like anxiety or depression or feelings of overwhelm or stress that you can't control, right? And so what we do when you practice TRE is we're tapping into that shaking that your body's capable of and using that as a self-healing tool to release some of that stuff that's been literally trapped in our bodies so that we can literally shake it off and move it up and out of our system so that we can start to feel better. And this has been absolutely instrumental in my own healing journey. And I, I see it in the clients that I work with. It sounds simple and it sounds kind of strange and it's absolutely powerful. And again, it's relying on this innate healing wisdom that your body already has. We just have to tap into it. I call it a remembering, right? So we're remembering this thing that we're capable of doing. And then we sort of get out of our own way, let our body shake, and then we start to feel better. Oh my God. I just have to thank you for explaining it in the way and defining it the way that you just did, because as you were talking, I made so many connections. Um, number one, that mammalian, that mammalian response of, like you said, the shaking. I just recently, somebody told me about a book. I feel like it was Peter Levine or somebody that was the author, but was explaining that exact cycle that mammals go through. And why are we any different? You know, animals go through that fight or flight. They you know, run away from the situation and then they have the shaking after. But I was also thinking there's been times where I've had some like really close calls in like the car. You have somebody pull out in front of you. And I remember afterwards I would get so shaky. Like I would just be like, oh my God, why am I so shaky? This is, and you try to stop that response. You're like, okay, I got to stop it. I have to stop it. Or I was never thought about just what if you let it out and just let that cycle finish? What if you just finish letting the shaking happen and then, and then see what happens. So, but instead I feel like, you know, if we're shutting it down that way, you're just trapping it in the body, right? When we shut it down, we're just trapping it in there to keep going. Like you said. Yeah. And that's just, it is that once you start explaining it to people, most people have experienced it themselves or have seen it in other animals, right? So if you have dogs and you've seen them shaking in a thunderstorm or um, when fireworks are going off or loud noises, that kind of thing, and you see them shake and quiver, they're just discharging those hormones, right? They are getting activated and then they're shaking it off. And that's a way for them to regulate themselves. And we can do the exact same thing. And like you said, when we just allow that to happen, when it arises naturally on its own, 
it's actually doing ourselves a huge service to let that shaking just go until it dissipates. If naturally that's something that shows up for you, like say in my case, like you had a close call like that and you notice you're having the shaking, you would say it's, would you tell the person, go ahead and finish, you know, that shaking out and go through it instead of trying to shut it down. But then in the case where maybe we're trying to access this on our own to release trauma, that's when we definitely need to probably be with somebody who's trained in it like yourself, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, I think that that's the best way to do it is to find a certified provider and work with them because what I'm providing in that service is not just the explanation of do this exercise and then this, and, you know, like walking you through it, the step-by-step I'm also creating and holding a safe container for you to practice that in. Right. Because so many of us are not accustomed to doing this and allowing that to happen, that it can stir up big emotions. And so having somebody who's skilled in facilitating that transformation just helps it so that you can focus on the work that you need to be doing. And I can sort of monitor how you're doing emotionally and physically so that if you start to get a little bit overwhelmed, I can help adjust and and sort of guide you through that process until you're skilled at it on your own. You know, I always tell clients um, that I work with, ultimately my goal is that I don't want them to need me. But I think in the beginning, it is best to practice with somebody who is experienced and trained. I also kind of wanted to talk on, um, you know, before we started the show, we had talked about Uh, breaking the cycles of inherited family trauma. So did you feel like that really played into your journey too, that you had some exploring to do with that? Yeah. And really where that fit into my story is my journey of becoming a mother. I was fortunate enough to realize before my son was born that I didn't want to enter motherhood until I had had a chance to work on some of this stuff. I sort of recognized at a young age that a lot of the things that I had dealt with in my own life were things that my parents had dealt with in theirs and that they were simply recreating patterns of parenting that they had seen modeled to them and they weren't healthy and they were traumatic, right? And so I knew that my first act of mothering was to actually heal those patterns in my own self so that I wouldn't pass them on to my my children. I didn't know at the time, but to my future son, right? Because I I knew that I didn't want to bring a child into this world and do it the same way my parents did. I knew how awful my own childhood had been in so many of those ways that I couldn't in good conscience do that to another person. And so I really, I had to do a lot of evaluating of what those cycles and patterns looked like in my family. Again, this awareness piece is so critical. Um, And then, and then looking at those and, and identifying them and then doing the work on myself to release them out of my own body so that I could become aware of them and then release them so that I wouldn't continue to repeat them down the line. And what's been absolutely amazing. And the thing that has surprised me the most, I never in a million years would have thought that this would be the outcome of doing that work. I had assumed the entire time that it would help change things for myself and then make the lives of my children better. What I never expected to happen is that it would change the relationship that I had with my parents. And the healing has actually gone in both directions on my family tree. And that has been the most incredible gift 
that I did not know was possible. That is incredible. So I think that it just, I think that this kind of taps into, because you said you started with evaluating, becoming self-aware, evaluating those cycles and patterns. And I feel like this kind of, um, kind of ties all into your three pillars, um, the framework, your dynamic self-care framework that you have for your clients. Do you kind of want to tell us about your three pillars and a little more about those? Sure. So in my coaching practice, I have a framework that I use, which I call dynamic self-care. And I say that because it differentiates it from Pinterest style self-care, right? So that's the stuff that like looks pretty and feels nice, but isn't really doing a whole lot to care for yourself. A bubble bath is great. Do not get me wrong, but that doesn't help address things at the root cause, right? It can help in this process, but it's not, it's not really doing the heavy lifting. Instead, these three pillars that I work with, which are self-awareness, which should come as no surprise, also self-love and self-compassion. At this point, you can probably see how where all three of those sort of originated in my story. But through these three pillars, we can actually practice dynamic self-care, which is a way of looking at our lives, holding ourselves and evaluating things and moving through our lives, making conscious choices about how we actually care for who we are as a whole dynamic person, right? And these three things, I sort of see them as like a Venn diagram. They overlap and interconnect. I think that you can start with any of the three and they all lead to one another, right? They're interconnected. You can't really have one without the other. And when you start using dynamic self-care in your life, it has the ability to transform how you show up and how your life plays out, right? It makes things easier. It it softens stress. It can't, you know, it doesn't take stress out of your life, but it softens and changes your relationship to it. It changes your relationship to yourself and also to the people around you, which is just such a beautiful, you know, additional bonus to practicing this. I like that you bring up um, dynamic self-care because yes, like you said, self-care could be a bubble bath. Don't get me wrong. Like that's nice, but it's not, like you said, it's not going to hit the root cause of the issues. It's not going to hit you at that healing internal level. Um, I like that you really dive into this deeper component of it. So do you kind of mind sharing with us? Like, how are you working with others? What kind of programs do you have that you... um, that you incorporate your work with others and helping them? Sure. So I offer TRE sessions. I am also a yoga instructor, which I actually um, was before finding and, and incorporating TRE into my work. So I actually put those two things together. I think they're sort of a natural pairing. I say that together they can um, help free us from the past and anchor us in the present And so I teach privately. I also run group courses uh, teaching TRE and yoga. And then I also do private coaching using this concept and framework of dynamic self-care and really looking and diving into some of these issues. So I, um, since becoming a mother, the people that I work with lately are who I call radical mothers. And they're the ones that know deep down in their bones that if they want to give their kids a better life, they actually have to offer themselves a better life first and do this work, right? We can't model for our kids. We all, all mothers everywhere want their kids to have a better life than they had. That's a universal wish, right? But 
what I've started realizing is you can't offer your kids better and show them better if you're not modeling that yourself because they learn from what we do as much as what we say. And so when they can see us caring for ourselves, it teaches them that that's what they should be doing as well. So radical mamas are the ones that are nearest and dearest to my heart right now. I run a virtual village for them on Facebook. um, And then I work again, doing private coaching with them. That's amazing. So if we wanted to connect with you and, um, you know, check out what you have to offer and find you online, where, where are some of the places we could find you? Sure. So you can find a lot of information on my website, which is kristagowan.com. And then if you are interested in joining the Radical Mother Village, you can find that on Facebook. There's a link to it on my website, but you can also search for it um, in the Facebook groups section and you'll find us there. Awesome. So kind of before we close out, did you have anything that you wanted to share or add that we didn't touch on? Sure. I think I just, um, I would add that this stuff can feel really hard and isolating sometimes when you're doing it. And it can often be a lonely process. And I just want to say, if you're listening and that feels true for you, I know that was absolutely my experience when I first started doing some of this work, just know that it doesn't have to be that way. And that there are people out there who are ready and able and willing to help. And that we actually can do so much more when we work together. It makes the whole process easier. It doesn't mean that you aren't going to have to do hard work, but it's always so much nicer to do it in community with others. I'm so glad that you brought that up because yeah, sometimes we can feel like whatever it is that we're going through, like we're the only ones maybe experiencing it or, you know, maybe nobody would understand, or maybe you don't want to burden somebody else with what you're going through. But I think it's like you said, it's almost healing and um, just kind of brings you a little hope, not necessarily seeing that somebody else is going through your same situation, but just knowing that maybe somebody else has been where you've been and they've been through it or maybe they're still walking through it. But just knowing that others are experiencing what you're experiencing as well. I think that that always just brings us a level of comfort and just hope, you know, that we're not alone. So I'm glad that you said that. Yeah, you're welcome. I mean, that's a core human need, right, is is for validation. And so when we can have that, that we are not alone, it just, it goes so far. It does. It really, really does. So I just have to say, Krista, thank you so, so much for being on and sharing with us today. I know myself that I have already, I learned so much from you. So I just have to say thank you for giving your time to be here and for sharing with us today. Well, thank you, Christy. It was an honor to be here. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you so much for joining me today for the Self Project Podcast. I hope that you were able to find something useful or inspirational to take away with you today. So come and connect with me over on Instagram. It's at underscore Christy Martin. And let me know what you want to hear more of. Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review and I will see you next time.